Welcome to the Grit Growth Podcast. Commit to conquer, lead your life, leave a legacy, gather your grit, and let's get after it. All right. Hey, Chad, thanks for joining us today. How's it going today? Yeah, doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Good, good. So, Chad Paris, Paris Leaf, um, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today about your journey and your business. Um, can you just kick us off with a little introduction and background on who you are, what you do, and how you got here? Sure. Uh, how long you got on the who you are question? That that may take a while. <laughs> as long as you need. I, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little bit about about Parasleep, and and then we can get into it. So, um, yeah, our our firm's a brand digital agency. Uh, we predominantly specialize in in major fundraising campaigns for nonprofits. Unbeknownst to Matt, which we'll talk about in a sec, it's really fun uh, repositioning for our firm that that we did a couple of years ago, and. Uh, um, yeah, I've been in business uh, coming up on 13 years in June. Uh, started the firm when uh, we were the ripe young age of 23 years old. And um, we were kind of at that age of, you know, piss and vinegar that, you know, you couldn't tell us otherwise. And so, you know, started the business because, um, you know, we had nothing to lose. You know, it was, it was uh, you know, low startup cost to get it going. So, um, and yeah, it's been a wild ride ever since. Awesome. That's so it. started started with nothing. Come on, then. <laughs> C- come on, what, Matt? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we just, <laughs> yeah, just kind of nothing. To yeah, it. Just kind of started. <laughs> come on, twenty twenty three, piss and vinegar. What what were your toils, man? You look back on that, like that first year. What was your challenge? Oh man, I just I I got tired of working for the man. You know, at twenty three, I'm tired. Yeah, at twenty three, well, I, I've been working for the man. I've been working for the man for a long time. At twenty three, believe it or not, I've been working for the man for almost ten years at that point. And uh, you know, I, I wasn't as focused on on my um, college career as I was on on my actual career. Um, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a recession baby. Uh, my my uh, peers were coming out of school in two thousand and eight. You know, it was a terrible time to come out of school with a piece of paper. And, I, I came out with a generation of kids that went back to live at home with their parents. And uh, so I, I got really lucky. I got an opportunity. Somebody gave me a shot and, um, you know, got a chance to really invest in my career at a really, really young age. And that's what really kind of, you know, helped my career take off. But yeah, in the meantime, I, I got tired of working for other people. Uh, I thought, thought everybody, I thought I was just a broken employee, honestly, Carson. Um, I thought I was just a really, really bad employee. Can you cuss on here, by the way? I already, you, I already said piss. Yeah. You go right ahead. Whatever makes you, whatever makes the message the most powerful. I, I just thought it. I was, I just thought I was a really shitty employee, you know. And I, I, I thought I was a broken employee. I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And uh, you know, everybody I worked for, it seemed like you know, I just always had the these ideas of oh, I can do it better, you know. And so, yeah. 23 years old, I, I finally said the hell with it. I'm going to throw in the towel and we'll start our own thing. So had the idea and and it was like everything kind of came into focus. And I, I can tell you a little bit more in depth, but, um, you know, we, we had the idea to start our business and all of a sudden it went from, you know, why are you such a bad employee? Why can't you hold down a job? Why do you keep telling everybody to fuck off mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to, uh, oh, oh God, this makes so much more sense now. You know, like I, I'm, I'm supposed to be an employer, not an employee. And so that's, that's when it all kind of came together. So is that what you're looking for, Matt? There's the truth. That was better. You can't that handle the truth. Carson's going to unpack that a little bit and dive a little bit deeper, but that was better. Yeah. yeah there you well, go. <laughs> I'll start just by saying I can relate. And, and when I went through that, Matt was my boss. So I right. totally. <laughs> Matt was, Carson was a shitty employee. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's so much. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, I think that's a personality thing, but I think also how many people fall into that category, but don't pull the trigger you know, they don't have the piss and vinegar, you know, they don't unleash it. Right. Yeah. And that's, and you said, like you said, the, the generation of went back home to live with their parents because they couldn't do anything with that, that piece of paper and, and probably a lot of debt to get it to. Um, yep. 
that's kind of some of the target audience of this podcast is, you know, what was it for you that clicked that maybe we can translate to that person as well that might make it click for them? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so at, at 23, right, you weren't you weren't an expert. You weren't waiting. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm assuming you weren't an expert yet, but you weren't you weren't waiting to get to some undefinable level of expertise either. And I think a lot of people, and I get, I, I fall into this trap, uh, paralysis by analysis, right? You want everything to be just perfect before you pull the trigger. Um, yeah. But you didn't, you pulled the trigger at 23 before it was perfect. Can you yeah. take us into your mindset a little bit on that? Yeah. I mean, I, I have to give credit to others uh, and give credit where it's, it's due. And that is to, a lot of amazing mentors. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of young guys and, and young young entrepreneurs kind of paving the way at a really young age here in Gainesville. And so I think that kind of planted the seed. You know, I had guys like Avi Lokesh from Fracture. I had, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kristen Hadid from Student Made. I had Colin Austin from New Scooters. I had um, uh, uh, Josh and his partner from Groove Shark. Um, we had we had Augie Lai. We had the guys over at Digital Brands. I mean, there was like there was this this generation of young entrepreneurs that were kind of the same deal. You know, full of piss and vinegar, wanted to go off do their own thing. Dropped out of college back when it was still cool. You know, kind of gave the middle finger to school and just said, you know, I'm going to go learn this the hard way. And so I think that kind of planted the seed of like man, if they can do that, like, why can't I? I mean, keep in mind, like Facebook hadn't, has, hasn't been around that much longer than our firm. So like we're starting our company in a similar era to a Mark Zuckerberg, you know, right. and you got these 20 somethings going, why can't I go do this? Right. Yeah. So I think that was part of it, but then, you know, it was a combination of that with having a great business idea and then having really great mentors to kind of give me the push that I needed um, and for me, you know, that was my dad, uh, that, that was my parents. Um, you know, my, my, my parents put it really simply. They were like, look, it's just you and your, it's just at the time it was me and my girlfriends, my wife and business partner now. And, 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 you know, the deal was like, you don't have extra mouths to feed. You got nothing to lose, you know, like now is the perfect time to go off and start this business because you have literally like if you had made $1,500 a month, you could pay your bills and live on yellow beans and rice and cardboard, right? Like you you would be able to survive just enough. And so um, I, I think it was, it was, you know, the, the inspiration of other people who were doing it and c combined with the encouragement of those who had, who had kind of been there, done that. And that, that was my dad. He was, he was an entrepreneur. So. Okay. So I think the key I really want to hammer on right there is you were willing to do that. You were willing to risk that, yeah. uh, you know, living yep. on rice yep. and beans in a cardboard yep. box. That's right. Yep. Was it worth it? I mean, did it pay off? Oh, absolutely. Risk yeah. and reward. I mean, uh, I, I will say I probably could have made a lot more money, um, at least initially, working for somebody else mm -hmm. but um long term it's all come out in the wash absolutely the life that we have now is is um better than anything i could have ever dreamed of and and so much more um we did live on yellow beans and rice for a long time uh a date night for us was sharing a five dollar foot long at subway back when you know that was still a thing before inflation went gaga um, and, you know, and, and so, you know, we, we definitely had a grind ahead of us and we, we had to grind for a long time and we still, we still have to grind. And, um, uh, so, I mean, yeah, gosh, we could spend hours upon hours talking about, you know, just the amount of adversity we've had to go through because, you know, we came up in a startup generation where everybody's taking on funding. They're taking on angel funding. They're taking on venture capital. They're taking on private equity. And we decided, why the hell are we going to go start our own business just to go work for somebody else, right? Like you're, you just end up working for investors now. And so we decided not to do that. But in the meantime, you know, we had like nothing to our names. 
you know, as far as money is concerned, as far as startup funding was concerned. And so it was literally just like pure blood, sweat and tears, just, you know, any sale that we could get and then go out and build it and then turn that profit into the next opportunity and keep the lights on that much longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweat equity. Was there a, yeah. Was there a point in there that you, you were ready to throw in the towel and go work for the man again? Uh, every day for about, 12 and a half years. No. <laughs> um, yeah. The, I mean, gosh, you know, which time that, you know, I mean, there, there were so many times and uh, I would say the first one was uh, at about nine months. So, so kind of backtrack a little bit. We first started our business. The plan was to be an eco-friendly online printing company. That was the business model. We were going to plant trees for every print shop that we did. And, um, and then we ended up going digital six months in, we realized the print industry is dying. What the hell are we thinking? You know, <laughs> we had, we had conservatively projected a quarter million in sales for the first year, six months in we're 20,000 in, in revenue. And I mean, it's just, it wasn't looking good. So we, we get this opportunity from a client who says they love working with us on, on the, on the print design side of things. Can you take on my digital client, my digital project? And we said, absolutely because their revenue was what, what their budget was more than we had done in revenue in the first six months, you know? And so yeah. completely pivoted, but you know, still we're at this point, we're probably nine to 12 months in something like that. Hadn't really made enough money. We're still living on yellow beans and rice. We're selling our furniture. We're selling musical instruments. Like, you know, we sold everything but the farm because we had to grow some food, you know? And, um, and eventually we were able to kind of write the ship. But I'll tell you, I got to, a, we got to a really rough place somewhere in that like nine to 12 month mark. And um, we just really been beat down and it just wasn't going as well as uh, we had planned. And as well as I'd hoped and as, as much as I had promised, you know, my, my business and life partner, Allie, you know, what, what was going to happen. It just, it just wasn't coming together. And um, there was one day where, um, uh, you know, we, we had just had this like crazy dry spell of sales. Uh, it had gone on for a couple of months. It was, it was pretty bad. And we just, we just had such a hard time selling initially. And, uh, but we had to cover payroll and we didn't know how we were going to do it. And it just, it just happened. And we wake up one day and we're in the negative but our bank had covered our payroll and it was just like this, like sinking pit in our stomach. And we were talking thousands of dollars, which at the time might as well have been millions of dollars to us now. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and we just said like, like, this is it, you know, and we're driving home. We're completely demotivated. We left work early that day. It's like three o'clock we're mapping out. All right. You know, we're going to call all these people and tell them we failed. You know, I got to call, you know, some people that I promised that I, I would, I would, you know, really make a good go at this, you know, that I would, I'd, I'd provide a good life for my family. And I got to go tell them that I, I was wrong, that I, I failed. And um, anyways, we were, we were on a walk. We lived in Hale at the time. And we're talking about how we're done. That's it. And we come, we, we turn a corner, we run into this guy and our, our dogs start jumping on him. And the guy looks at me dead in the eyes, says, what do you do? And it just didn't even say hello. Hello, what's your name? Nice to meet you. What a lovely afternoon. None of that. He just jumps right in. What do you do? And I said, oh, well, you know, we own a, a print design company is what we were calling ourselves at the time. And he says, great, don't quit. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? And he goes, yep. You, 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 had, you had the angel come down and just like. Don't quit. Smack this you, guy. Man. This guy ended up being the number two person at 3M. He was the president of international sales and he became one of my first and earliest mentors. But yeah, we called him the Parasleep Angel for a long time. Um, And uh, so that was the first time of of many that we have hit some really tough brick walls. And, you know, there's a lot more to that story. Um, You know, 24 hours later, um, I was at a... uh, I was at a simulcast. It was um, the Entre Leadership simulcast with mm-hmm. what's his name, the the you know, uh, get out of debt guy or whatever his name, Dave Dave. Uh, yeah. Oh, what's his Dave name? Ramsey. Yeah, Dave Ramsey. 
And at the end of this whole day, you know, he starts screaming at people, you know, don't you quit. Don't you dare quit. You know, don't quit. Your country needs you. I need you. And I'm like, I'm crying. I'm like, okay, Dave, you know, <laughs> oh, and, don't, and, and don't go into debt. Thank you. And he walks off stage. Yeah. That was the, that was the very next day. So, um, you know, I, there have been some moments where, you know, how you explain that it, it's, you can't, you know, um, so, you know, so that was a really, so, you, you had two t very timely messages given to you. Right. And it was kind of yeah. like, yeah. Don't if that don't motivation that. wasn't there, if those, if those messages weren't there, yeah. would you have quit? I probably would have. So, so for the entrepreneurs that. listening to this, yeah, yeah, you know, what do you tell them? You know, uh, is it is it uh, mantra? I, is it voice? Is it? I mean, I, I you would know say, what I mean. I would say we need people. We need people who've been there, done that, and we need to be vulnerable with each other, particularly when we're down, and we need to be willing to let other people lift us up. That that would be my message because. Um, I wouldn't be here on this podcast if it weren't for people and if it weren't for great teachers. I mean, I just keep coming back to that. It's just teachers, great mentors. Cause I mean, I decided to follow my career instead of following a, a college career at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so all I, mm -hmm. all I had was people who had been there, done that, you know, all I had was learn school to hard, hard knocks. And so, yeah. So I would say the lesson the, the major lesson there, number one is people, but number two is don't quit no matter what. You know, if you're listening yeah. to this and you're thinking like, man, I'm, I'm done, I'm bummed out, whatever it is. Like, I think I, I read this recently. It was, um, it was an article, basically it was just like statistics on like, what is the number one contributor to success when you're starting your own business? And it's, uh, it's resilience. Mm -hmm. It's, it's an ability to get back up. Yep. And so I think that moment, that experience, what that taught me was take the idea of quitting off the table entirely, take it out of your mind yeah. entirely. And I learned that quitting, if quitting is not an option, then all of a sudden a hundred other doors open up, mm -hmm. you know, quitting can always be one of those doors, but if you close that door, you seal it shut. Then there's a hundred other doors that open up that you never even thought could open up because you just take quitting off the table. Um, and it's going to be hard. Oh man, it's going to be hard. I mean, we have suffered <laughs> as, as much as as much as one can like this this business just like tortured us at times you know it's scary and it brings up a lot of fear but it has also been it's it's provided this incredible life for me and my family and it's been absolutely worth it, it it's been worth every bit of suffering yeah well and if you would have thrown in the towel at six months or eight months right then you wouldn't have got the divine intervention at nine months so yeah maybe you yeah. got what you needed when you needed it because yep. you were still there to to get it right that's right you, you yep. wouldn't have had the opportunity otherwise yep. and yeah, yeah so the the research shows like you said resilience in business um it, really that's with any any success story um it's the same with pro athletes um yep. there there's one of there's research on spelling bee champions basically your the IQ is less of an indicator of a winner um, or consistent winners than time spent studying. So hours, yeah. the hours of work translate more so than the raw talent. Um, yeah. And then I would add to that the EQ, right? The ability to mm -hmm. have the positive self-talk and go, hey, you got this, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. take quitting off the table. We're going to get this done no matter what, you know, and and you get knocked down and you go, it's okay. We'll come back next year. And and you get knocked down again and you go, it's okay. We'll be fine. You know, and, yeah. and the ability to also do that for everyone around you. Webster, didn't you just give a speech about IQ and EQ? Did you tell Chad to tee that one up for you so you can <laughs> knock it out of the park? Uh, no, I didn't. But yeah, I do appreciate it. But yeah, absolutely. And, and that, yeah. that's self-regulation, right? It's self-awareness, but then, then your ability to regulate that and you know, and I, I kind of want to talk about that energy side of it, because when you take quitting off the table, the energy that you're putting into of, am I going to quit? What's going to happen if I quit? Quit, quit, quit consumes yep. Yep. energy and thought. And when you remove yep. that, now that energy has to go into how am I going to succeed? Yep. 
Yeah, you know, I, now I like you, like you said, you're going to open up all these other doors. You know, but yeah. those doors were so hard to see when you were focused on. Oh, I'm just going to throw in the towel. Yeah, I, I would liken it. You guys ride motorcycles or, or even you know, bicycles. Um, yeah, you know, you, you're riding a bike. And the, the idea when you're riding a motorcycle, you go to take a U-turn, the bike is going to go wherever your eyes are. And the same thing goes for when you're riding a bicycle. You know, you ever notice like you kind of get to the edge and, and the, the, the tires look, are going to go off. And if you look at it, you're like, don't look at the edge. Don't look at the edge. Don't look at the edge. You're going to fall off. That's exactly where you're going to go. You know, if somebody goes like, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. You're going to fall. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. Eventually you're going to be right. You know? Yeah. And then, and then, uh, and then fear goes, see, told you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. should have never right. tried yeah. it, you know? So I, <laughs> I think if you go the opposite direction that, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to, um, uh, man's search for meaning. And, um, I, I think really just the, the core premise is about this guy who, who made it through concentration camps and, and, um, and, you know, I, I think the core premise there is the guys that were like, hey, I'm going to get out by Christmas. I'm going to get out by New Year's. I'm going to get out by, yeah. you know, my, my birthday. Those are the ones that perished because, you know, Christmas, New Year's birthdays came and went. But, you know, those that said, hey, I, I'm going to get out. I'm going to survive. You know, I, I'm going to, you know, have meaning and purpose in the process um, and really just embrace suffering. Those are the ones that survived. It, it, it embrace the suck embrace the suck absolutely yeah yep yep life i mean i don't care who tells you otherwise life is suffering i think we are so hardwired in society to chase happiness and it's just one happiness hit after another but eventually that that's that's got to catch up and life has to be somewhat suffering as well i think it can be both yeah it's uh i think it's ancestral too and um Dar darwinism you know it's sur fighting for survival meant fighting yep. to be comfortable <clears throat> and then now yep. we're so comfortable that it's you know we're yep. inundated with it it's a comfort that's right. crisis right that's another book for you if you haven't yeah. read that one uh I have, yeah. I have. yeah michael easter it's really good um cool. but yeah i mean that's that's what we did and so now dopamine <clears throat> you know when we were evolving 10,000 years ago was a, you know, rarely ever experienced. And, and now you can get it just by flipping on the TV, you know, watching a YouTube yep. video. I mean, there's, yep. it's oh, everywhere. It's... I drove by Chipotle on university the other night, you guys, actually just last night we were, we were coming in from Atlanta. I drove by Chipotle and I see this line out the door and I can see these glows, you know, all this glow on people's face. Mm -hmm. And they have the, that angle where everybody's yeah. standing, but face down at their phones. Yeah. You know, yeah. nobody's socializing anymore. Everybody's looking for that next hit on social media or on the phones. And, you know, I hate to be that, that old guy, like, get off your phones, look up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not that old. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, but uh, it's, back in my day, Matt. <laughs> it's so true, though. <laughs> And that experience is getting more and more immersive every day or every yeah. time a new update comes out or a new technology. I, I listened to Mark Zuckerberg's um, interview with Joe Rogan on his podcast, yeah. and it's mind boggling the stuff that he, his vision for the future of meta and that whole yeah. business structure. I mean, it's, it's pretty intense, you know, and Apple, Apple's doing the same thing in the background. You know, yep. uh, they're all on a race to be the yep. first one to do that. But that just means that it's happening. It's going to happen. You know, the yep. whole it's going to be instead of having their face down um, with this with the screen lighting up their face, it's going to be a, a headset, yep. you know, for a yep. while until the technology yep. gets smaller. Yeah, um, eventually it'll be contacts. You yeah. know, we're just going to we're just going to blink text messages to each other, if at all. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the apps yep. you'll you'll be able to touch the apps in the air. It'll be like you're looking at a hologram, yeah. but from the outside, there's nothing there. It's yep. it's it's not crazy. too far off, man. Yeah, crazy it's stuff. Wally. Yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Cautionary tales, man. Disney Plus is yep. full of them, and yeah, and we just don't even know it. Yeah, that's <sighs> crazy. I was gonna be a yep. villain for Halloween. I was gonna go as man from Bambi. Go from what? Go as what? Man. 
from Bambi. <laughs> the, the villain in Bambi was Mandy. Yeah, yeah, that's and uh, man entered the woods. Fern Ferngully too, right? Same thing. Yeah, yeah, oh, man, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so so go ahead, Carson. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was gonna say, um, so you keep you you said a couple of times, um that we started the company when we were 23. That's just you and your wife is the, the pair, Correct. right? Yep. So yep. how much, uh, how, how certain were you that she was the one to be business partners before you got married? So we, yeah, so we, we became business partners before we became uh, for life partners. Um, uh, you know, she's my, my girlfriend at the time, we started Paris Leaf and, um, there was no doubt in my mind. I mean, the, the main reason why we started Paris Leave, or one of the main reasons was because I had lost my assistant at my previous job. And I had observed that we were, Ali and I were an amazing team. And I tried to get my boss to hire her. Um, and their response was, you know, you're out of your mind. There are a few more expletives in there. You know, that's not happening. And and because they said no, that was what made us go, well, hold on a minute. We can do this on our own. We don't really need them. Like, why don't, why don't we go start our own thing? And so that was a real gift for them to say, you know, you're not hiring your girlfriend as your assistant, which I totally, that is a completely reasonable thing. As an employer now, I, I would say the exact same thing. You're out of your effing mind. But um, in the meantime, that was what, that, that was just kind of one more click that got the ball rolling that made us go, you know what, like, what if we went off and just kind of did this on our own? So, um, yeah, so I, I was really positive. I still am to this day. Um, you know, it, I remember, you know, a couple of years in, there's a, a pretty, you know, well-known angel investor in town that um, when I told him our setup, that we were 50-50 partners, not 51-49, not 49, 51, 50, 50. And um, uh, he said, you're out of your mind. This will never work, you know? And, um, and so I, I you know, I, I heard that many times throughout our tenure. And that to me is just fuel, man. There's something that goes off inside of me when anybody's like, that's not going to work. And be like, middle finger, I'll show Watch. you, you know? Yeah. Watch <laughs> yeah. my Insert middle finger here. And so, um, yeah, so it's it's been amazing. I mean, we are, I, I, we would not be here without her. There's so many of those moments, but there's no doubt in my mind, like Parasleep wouldn't be here without her. Um, you know, I needed somebody who was going to be as committed to this thing as I am. And, you know, Allie and I are just both super committed. I think that there have been times where it's been too heavy on the business partnership and not heavy enough on the marriage. And, uh, and when that happens, we correct it. You know, and we, we kind of course correct and we get back to marriage first because if the marriage isn't first, then the business partnerships group. Mm -hmm. So, but it's been amazing, honestly, everywhere where I'm broken or I'm, I am, I am inadequate, right. On organization operations, um, uh, you know, just putting framework systems, processes in place. Um, she like that is her strong suit and and vice versa right like everywhere where I thrive uh, you know people and vision you know culture and and uh, sales and and relationship management um, that that is like could not be further from her passion so it really is a it's a very perfect very symbiotic partnership so it's the classic traction couple that's exactly right and actually, we are an EOS firm. So, um, yeah, we, we operate as entrepreneur operating system. And I sit in the visionary seat. She sits in the integrator seat. But, you know, I've always been clear that while, you know, in an org chart, you have, you know, one above the other, doesn't work like that. Uh, if yeah. anything, it's flip the org chart. You know, it's, it's me down at the bottom. And then if everybody buys into the vision, then we, we succeed. Yeah, servant Absolutely. leadership. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So, so for other entrepreneurs out there who are with their maybe girlfriend, boyfriend, other significant other, what would you recommend to them as you get into business together? You know, that, that uh, you, you kind of mentioned this, this course, correct. And, and there's, I don't think there's been anyone else we've interviewed Carson that are 
you know, a, a life partner business, you know, business partner, life partner combination here. Um, what, what did, what, I, I'm just curious about the dynamics of that staying together as life partners, staying together as business partners. Um, it's not just spite because people told you, you couldn't do it. You know, yeah. I, I don't think was the motivation there, but no, but, no. What, what could you, what could you offer up as advice? Oh, I mean, <laughs> the first thought that came to mind is don't do it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we got really, really lucky. We're a, a really strong team, um, you know, and we both have this incredible team mentality. I mean, we have, we had all the right ingredients, but I, I do kind of mean that. I'm, I say that somewhat jokingly and, um, you know, Matt, I, I know you're going into business with your, your wife, but, you know, I, I always encourage you to like do so cautiously and make sure that the roles are really clear. Um, actually, that guy Ted, the 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 OG Parasleep Angel, that you know, throughout the you know, don't quit. Um, one of the first things he said to us is, "There can only be one final decision maker, right?" So we may be 50-50, but we had to decide who's that final decision maker going to be. Um, and I would say that we both are the final decision makers in our various specialties right mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so i think that's really crucial the other part is make sure the partnership stays tight first and foremost um it has to stay the first priority and then um uh you know other than that i mean and i i, I say this pretty often it's not really advice but more you know just kind of an expression that you know we often say like going into business together with your your life partner is going to either speed up a divorce or speed up a healthier marriage. Like, right. <laughs> you know, That's it's like, great. it is, it is going to bring a lot of your difficulties as a, as a partnership to the surface. And um, what I, we've been really fortunate in that it, it has enriched our marriage, you know, that like our, our partnership is tighter than it's ever been and will ever be had we not, and, and would have ever been had we not started the business together. Yeah, that's really interesting. So when you were 23 and you guys were making this decision together, did you have that self-awareness of your own strengths and weaknesses and hers and of each yeah. other at that yeah. time? We, well, I will say, I mean, Allie and I had both been through a lot. I mean, we, we were not your typical 23-year-olds at that point. So there, there was, it was not that we weren't 23-year-olds. We still had a lot of growth to do, but there was a lot of self-awareness. And um, you know, what we found was that, you know, we, we and I, I think I just mentioned this, but, you know, we both grew up playing team sports, right? And so we had this mantra in our partnership that uh, whenever one of us was mad at the other, we would always hold up a hand for a high five and go same team, you know, and we would always remind each other always that we're on the same team, you know, and whenever we get in the tiffs or one's defense, the other's aggressive, whatever it is, you know, any one of us can call that kind of, you know, safe words, just same team, you know, and, and it just, it just brings us back down to the center point. But um, yeah, I think we had both done a lot of work on ourselves and, and, um, and that was part of what enabled the partnership. And then, you know, just kind of that team mentality. And then again, you know, everywhere where she was strong, I was weak and vice versa. So um, I think it was a, a lot of the right ingredients, a lot of the right ingredients. Yeah, so I would venture to say that that's a really rare quality to have that much self-awareness um, at 23. I know I definitely did not. <laughs> and I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, young, uh, excited entrepreneurs, what, <laughs> when, you say you, when you say you did that, that work on yourself, what, what was that work on yourself? How did, what was the discovery there? Ooh, uh, well... I, I um, you know, I've, I've talked about this publicly enough at this point. There's no turning back once it's on the internet. Um, so I mean, I, I, I had, um, I turned into a full-fledged drug addict, alcoholic by the time I was 19, and so at that point, um, I had really rebooted my life and started over. I'd, I'd almost died. I, or I was definitely, you know, heading in that direction quickly. And, um, and so, you know, I, I ended up getting into, uh, recovery at a, 
a really young age and I had started that journey and, you know, Allie had been on a journey of her own that I, I won't, won't share. I mean, it looks very different to mine, but that, that was my journey. That was, mm-hmm. you know, a big part of what forced me to grow up really fast. <clears throat> um, and it, and it really has, I think, accelerated a lot of the way that I've, I've seen the world. So I give a lot of credit to, um, you know, just the recovery process. So. Yeah, I certainly didn't mean to drum that up. So oh, apologize for that. But it's, it, you got no, no need to apologize. I, like I yeah. said, it's it's already out there on the internet. I'm like, <laughs> right. <laughs> that was it. There's no going back now, Carson. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we did drum it up, though. And I'm glad you uh, were vulnerable enough to share it because yeah. I it's a big portion of my uh, mission here or my message is that. I believe that anybody can can come back. I believe that there's so much opportunity out there for um, success, you know, whether that's entrepreneurship or or not. However you de- define success, I think that I think that there's opportunity and mentorship out there to be had yeah. if somebody's willing to have that resilience, like you said, yeah. the perseverance to go get up and try again, try one more, you know, the power of one more. Um, yep. so yep. yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you were willing to share. I mean, I think it's, yeah. it, it's a, it's a really important part of my life. I mean, I, I've been at it now coming up on 17 years and this isn't just like, a, Oh, he stopped drinking one day and then his life turned around. It's like, uh, it's, it's been an ongoing journey and, um, so much of, of who I am at my core is really driven by that, that recovering addict, recovering alcoholic. So, um, you know, that, and I, I you know, I want people to know, cause I, I think it's really easy from the outside looking in to just see the end product. Right. And I, I think Steve Jobs said it best is, um, you know, becoming an overnight sensation was easy. It just took a lifetime. Right. And I, I think it is so easy to look at, you know, this kind of polished finished product and go, wow, you know, I mean, not that anybody's looking at me as a finished product, <laughs> but or, or we polished. can look, we can, yeah, or polished for that matter. <laughs> but we can look at, you know, other people that are whatever our version of success is and go, man, like it, they made it look so easy. Right. And, and I, I'll tell you, I've asked a lot of my mentors and teachers along the way, you know, things like, you know, man, you seem so confident, you know, like, where did, like, how'd you do that? You know, they're like, I don't know. It just happened. You know, it's like, and it's like, that's, that's just bullshit. That's just way too simple. But, you know, I think a lot of it is, you you know, you just kind of, you do go along and get to learn yourself better and you do the work and it just kind of naturally happens. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it it just kind of becomes a one day at a time thing. And every single day, you know, it just gets a little bit better. So, you know, one of the things that we really try and and harp on at Parasleep is the, uh, the, the, the principle of Kaizen. You know, like everything that we do is about Kaizen and, and Kaizen is, is this Japanese principle about getting 1% better than you were yesterday, every day, you know, just always trying to improve, improve, improve. And I think that really comes from, you know, the spirit of its founders, because that's something Allie and I are always trying to push for is just mm-hmm. how do we always continue trying to get better? How do we always continue to try to become more self-aware? How do we always continue to try and become more the kind of people that we want to be? which is, is kind and generous and, and thoughtful and giving and, and, and present as opposed to, um, you know, just a shell of a human being that's loaded. And going through the motions. And going through the motions. It, it yeah. sounds like there's a very deliberate intentionality and conscientiousness uh, and a, a systematic approach to getting 1% better. It's not just like, you know, I type emails at 60 words a minute today. So yeah. now I, you know, I need to do 60.6 words a minute tomorrow. It's, it's a lot yeah. more deliberate, you know, and, and holistic than that. Right. And I, I think uh, like yeah. you alluded to people have a tendency to go through life and go through the motions, but there's a much more um, intentional approach to be had. I think that's right, Carson, especially at Paris Leaf but I will say in my life, it is not linear like that. It is not like you do this and then you do that. And then you do this. Like 
it is it's topsy turvy it's it's wacky it's all over the place and it's very much like okay this is the next thing we're going to tackle and then i get hit with something else okay this is the next thing we're going to tackle you know I, I don't think it's as formulaic i have found that our business it has to be though mm. um, and that's the difference i think in life it, it it shouldn't be but in business it needs to be because that offers others stability because we tried to be, you know, kind of wacky, topsy-turvy and just, you know, just figure it out. We got this, you know, and it was a it was a reinvention of the process every single time. And that is exhausting. And we burned a lot of people out that way over the years. But we found that when we got a lot more linear, a lot more formulaic, people did become much more safe and secure and understanding of their role and what success looks like. And they were able to operate within the bounds of, of what, you know, what that checkbox can look like. Um, and then how do we take that and then make that 1% better every day? But again, from a much more like intentional formulaic approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's yeah. a balance there between, uh, like you said, parameters and creative freedom. Yeah. You're, you're kind of yeah. teeter-tottering between the two. Yeah, I mean, look at it, look at it. So we've got a four month old at home uh, his name is Wilder. What's up, Wilder? If he's listened to this, you know, 20 years from now. Hopefully. Um, uh, and, and, you know, if I try to tell Wilder, like, all right, buddy, like today you're going to become potty trained. <laughs> like, yeah. In your dreams. Right. I just don't think. Life Here, let me like pee that. on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watch this, I just, I just don't think. I just yeah, don't think. Time. Life is like that. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly yeah i'll show you it's not even gonna be i'll yeah. show you it's just life just doesn't work that way you know yeah. <laughs> and and while that's like such a simplified example i think life very much is like that on a more macro example that you know we just kind of deal with punches as they come along i mean you never know when you're going to get that call what mm -hmm. that call is you also don't know yep right know? And, um, or if you will get that call, right? I mean, I think for a long time, I was constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I was yeah. so afraid of it happening. And then when it finally happened, I was like, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, you know? <laughs> but I, but the time spent worrying about the shoe dropping, that was 10 times worse. Yeah, right. And so finally, I just decided, you know what? This is part of the process. The shoe's going to drop, get used to it. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. It's, it's, it's converting that energy, worrying about, you know, or, contemplating should i quit to how do i succeed it's the same thing you're taking energy away from the negative and right. pushing it to the positive yep exactly yeah awesome what's next <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is awesome right. so we we spent a ton of time on personal journey and yep. got away from business a little bit um oh yeah is that what we're supposed to be talking about here guys whichever well yeah. it's all all <laughs> the same that we've, we've discovered right i mean yeah. we, we go yeah. from your business to your life partner and being in business to to yep. again not quitting but you know what i heard is you're not quitting on yourself at 19 right that's that's where the first not quit happened you know to me that 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 was a, a you know you talk about a pivotal point you know to to say okay Again, I'm going to pull myself back up and you know what? I'm not going to work for the man anymore. I'm going to work for myself. I can be my own boss to, you know, we're in the red, how we're going to make payroll and, and yeah. hearing some words of wisdom and, and, and kind of that rally in the mantra of, of, you know, don't quit, you know, you've, you've kept it going and look where you're at now. Now, you know, your, your life has exceeded your own expectations. And, and I yeah. think, back to it's not just about money but how you live your life and the happiness associated with how you're living it you know, being a whole person not just being a shell um right. so what is success right it's is is being an entrepreneur about just making money for yourself yeah no i, I think it's about the pride in what you've created it's about a balance of and you've proven it a balance of both your personal life marriage and business and and providing for others you know it's it's yep. all of that yeah 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 I, I i love this question though matt because I, I think um how everybody defines success is so different and yeah. the way most of society defines success 
if, if I could boil it down to one word, it would be more. Yeah. That, that, that target is constantly moving. You know, I, I remember yeah. asking one guy though, you know, when did you know you were successful? And he said, Oh, when I had a million dollars in cash in the bank, and I thought, man, that's like such an oversimplified version of what success is. Like, what about what kind of person you are? Like what kind of partner you are, what kind of father you are, what kind of, you know, yeah. you know, person you are in the community and, and the kind of service that you do for others. And, you know, and, and so I think, you know, you got to tick a lot of boxes. So, um, you know, I, I, I love asking people like, what is enough? Like, yeah. you know, I, I think that is success and enough. I'm pretty sure synonymous. And, and, and that is like such an interesting, what is enough? And I remember one of my teachers, actually, that was his number as well. Uh, totally separate person, you know, I want to have a million dollar liquid cash in the bank. And he called me on the day he hit that number. And he said, you know, the second thought that came to mind, guess what it was? Two million. Double it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, here he was, he'd been working his whole life to get to that number. He finally hit it. And all of a sudden, it's not enough. So what's success? Yeah. More. And so I think the goal is how do we how do we move the target instead of away from us? We move it toward us, and we realize that I'm already successful. I'm successful with what I do every single day, even if I close doors. It's success. I mean, like uh, uh, what's her name, founder of Spanx, being asked every day around the dinner table, you know, what did you fail at today, right? Mm -hmm. And and Sarah Blakely, and realizing that that you know failures need to be celebrated as well. I think it's so easy to just, again, kind of look at that polished version of this overnight success. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just not like that. It's just, it's, it's one failure and, you know, two steps forward, one step back at a time. And eventually, you know, you get there, but, you know, hopefully you decide, no, success is already here because if I die tomorrow, what's it for? You know? Yeah, Absolutely. We're going deep, guys. That was deep. <laughs> <laughs> but, but as an entrepreneur, as, as a 23-year-old, oh, right. would, right. would you, did you have this level of understanding at 23 when you were full of piss and vinegar? I had the preliminary, very rudimentary understanding of this. Um, right. You know, one, of, one, of the, one of the greatest lessons my dad taught me is if you do what you love, the money will follow. And... So I, I realized that success is doing what you love and yep. that money is a byproduct. It's, it is not an aim. So I, I had the rudiments of that understanding, but that was something that needed to be developed and has continued needing to be developed. I still have that thing inside of me that wants to chase, you know, the Joneses. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I think, I think I had the beginnings, but it, it is, it's a battle just like everyone else, you know, I want the newer car and the bigger house and the, you know, you know, bigger toys. And, you know, I want to chase all those things as well. And it's a constant battle of like, that's not what success and happiness enough looks like, but yeah, 23, just the beginnings. Yeah. Yeah. What, what would you tell your 23 year old self? Knowing what you know now, what would you, what would, what would you tell your 23 year old self? Yeah, I love this question because it's, it's a lot like, um, you know, tell me about a failure that you had. And I, I don't think I would tell my 23-year-old self anything. And and if you ask me what a failure was, I don't think I'd have an answer for you because mm -hmm. all of it was just learning lessons. And yep. I, would, I wouldn't change anything. I, yeah. There's, I, I used to have a creative director work for us and he was really big on not having any regrets in life. And I would say that, that um I felt pretty true to that, that, you know, I really don't have any regrets. I don't think I would change course for that 23 year old at all. Yeah. I would just say, you know, just continue listening to your teachers, you know, which I yeah. thankfully I did. So, so let's, let me rephrase that instead of what would you correct? What piece of advice, if you were a mentor to yourself, what piece of advice would you give? Ooh. I mean, I, I think we hit on a lot of, oh, actually I got one. I clarify the vision a lot faster. That would have been nice. 
I think that um, that that was that took us time. You know, it probably wasn't until we had about ten years in that we had really clarified what we were going to do with this thing. And uh, yeah. and I would say, you know, clarify the vision sooner, maybe really kind of buckle down sooner would be nice. Um, but you know, again, perfect journey. You know, it, it is about turning out destination, not to be so cliche. But like, I yeah. I needed to go through that lesson to know what I know now. And like, you know, I'm 36. I've got hopefully another 34 years of work ahead of me because I, I enjoy what I do. And the painful lessons that I learned there, I'll take with me the rest of my career. So I'm glad it went down the way it did. But yeah, I think clarify the vision sooner, you know, really lock in on something. I mean, what we've, what we've locked in on now is is awesome. It's fulfilling. It's 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 so exciting to get out of bed every day and do what we do uh you know and you know it, it's nice because it drives the economic engine on top of that i mean it's it's everything that jim collins talks about in his book good to great <clears throat> but i think that there there's a lot of those kind of sages that really tried to help me clarify the vision sooner that i, I wish i would have listened to but I, I don't know if i could have until we had the kind of aha um you know, a couple of years ago. And then, you know, just kind of buckling down, um, operationalizing some more standard business practices. I mean, it sounds silly, but like job descriptions give people security. It helps them yeah, understand that right. they know what success looks like and that you can measure them against their job performance. And I thought that was just like bullshit. You know, I, I thought it was just like, ah, this is just a way of doing things. Yeah, <laughs> it, seriously. It's like, oh, we'll figure it out. Just go fast, you know? And, um, and it, yeah, it, it, there were some really key fundamentals that, you know, we've really put into place over these last couple of years. And I think it's offered our people a lot more stability. Part of the entrepreneurial experience is realizing that not everyone can have an entrepreneurial mindset or outlook. Yeah. Like I, I wanted everybody to like, just figure it out, you know, <laughs> just have that mentality of like, we're just going to get it done. But if they had that same mentality, they would have gone and done the same thing. Exactly. Like I, I'm, I'm so cliche, Matt. Of course, I would expect <laughs> everybody else around me to think like that. But like, if they did, I wouldn't have any employees. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome. it's hard not to. I I catch myself. Actually, my wife catches me doing that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So when you talk about the vision being defined in the shift, you're talking about moving from uh general branding and marketing as and then moving that into nonprofit focused primarily yep. is that right okay yep yep so about two and a half years ago we pushed all of our chips in on red and this is the interesting thing that you know matt's on this call we're going to talk about that in a second because um you know we we had this kind of aha moment where we realized like oh shit we worked on a ton of major fundraising campaigns for nonprofits. And collectively at the time, they'd added up to a couple billion dollars that we had been a part of helping raise for these nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of this like this, this big epiphany and realizing like, wow, you know, this is both fulfilling work and we're really good at it. And there's a big need for it. And there's not a lot of competition and, 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 and it was just, it was perfect. But the classic quintessential fear of, of paring down, of niching, of focusing is if I do that, then it'll turn other people away. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting yeah. that we're even on this podcast, on this call, because <laughs> that's a great example of that being a facade. Because, you know, as you know, Matt is doing Bonnebelle, and that has nothing to do with being a nonprofit, it has nothing to do with the fundraising campaign. And that was after we had gone all in with our positioning, our branding, our marketing, our communications, all around fundraising campaigns for nonprofit. Mm -hmm. But we had developed a reputation for being a, a generalized brand digital agency. And so in the process, we've gotten a chance to continue working with folks outside of that space because the same rules apply. You know, a lot of the same rules still apply. Um, it's just, we've been able to just get hyper-focused over here and really specialize and become experts at this very specific thing. And in addition to that, we can still continue doing some work over here, like with folks like Bonnie Bell. We didn't end up working together, but nonetheless, the point stands that, you know, there's a fear of if I niche down, if I pare down, if I focus, then I'm going to turn people away. And it just doesn't work like that. You end up really driving a lot more opportunities you can ever imagine. So 
Yeah. So yes. that, that's been the refocusing of our firm. Yeah. It's yeah. funny. You're not the first guest on the podcast to talk about that niching down. Yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. counterintuitive almost. Um, yep. But it's enlightening to hear too, you know, yeah. and people. Yep. If you, if you didn't hear people person after person after person tell you that you might not believe it, you know, until yep. you experience yeah. it. So. Yeah, I, I, and we, you're exactly right. I mean, we, we heard a ton of people, Carson. Um, see you, Matt. See you, Matt. We heard a ton of people um, uh, talking about how, um, uh, you know, if you pair, well, that they had pared their focus down, that they had niched out, and you could see it working so well. And it was mm-hmm. like, and it was really smart, and they were able to become experts in their craft. And, Finally, we heard it enough times that we we finally did it, and um, man, it's it's really paid off in a really short period of time. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Yeah, cool. Okay, well, uh, I think um, we're coming up on an hour already, and uh, I don't I want to be respectful of your time, but um, in closing, I just want to ask you one kind of thought provoking question for the for the listeners to ponder, and for you. Um, what does grit mean to you? Well, I think we'll bring it back full circle. I mean, you know, don't quit no matter what. Um, I think, you know, success is marked by, by resilience, not, you know, how smart you are. I think, you know, smartness is, is a piece of it, but I think resilience is, is an even more important part. I think, um, yeah, I, I think just that, um, I think it's more than working 60, 70, 80 hour weeks, a hundred hour weeks, you know? Um, I, I think that is, um, I, I think that's a fable that we all tell each other that if I just work harder, I'll be more successful faster. And what happens is we sacrifice so much in the process and we forget to like really actually enjoy the journey. So, you know, I think grit is also making sure that I'm doing the basics, like, you know, eating well and sleeping well and taking care of myself well, because just like an athlete, right? If I don't take care of my mind, then I'm going to hyperextend something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that, um, yeah, I think it, it's 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 all of it, you know. Yeah. But I think it's just, you know, more than anything, just don't quit. You know, if, if you know that you are doing what you were born to do, then just take quitting off the table. And, and I think. That was thankfully one of the earliest lessons that we learned. And, and um, again, had, had we not learned it, I wouldn't be on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that caveat there. If you know, you're doing what you're meant to do. In, in yeah. other words, if you found your purpose, you've taken it yeah. from discovery to passionate to purpose yeah. and you're locked in, then burn the ships, yep. go all in. That's right. But don't forget. Yep. Life needs balance as well. Fulfillment yep. requires balance. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. yeah. Well That's summarized. great. Thanks, Carson. Pleasure. That's awesome advice. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure people will get value from it. Really appreciate your time. And it was nice to meet you finally. Yeah. Uh, you as well, man. Yeah. Yeah. And happy New Year in advance for those of you that are, are listening to this in the New York New Year. Yeah. Happy New yep. Year. Happy yep. holidays to everyone. It will be 23 when it comes out. So we'll be off to the races and no telling what will happen by then. Awesome, man. Sounds good. All right. Thanks again for your time. Thank you, sir. And I didn't quit on the podcast. Love you guys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. Carson, you forgot to hit record. Oh, yeah. No, we got to start over, Matt. (laughs) No pheasants for you today, this afternoon. We got to start over, guys. (laughs) See you guys. Uh, See you. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Grit Growth Podcast with hosts Carson Stefanelli and Matt Webster. We sincerely hope you were inspired by the interview and found at least one useful tool or tactic to implement in your own life. Now, level up by taking immediate action. Apply one lesson learned to your life as soon as possible to make sure it sticks. Post it and tag us to increase accountability. You can join the Grit Growth Movement to restore American grit to its former glory by building an unprecedented force of conquerors, both in business and in life, at www.gritgrowth.org.
and wherever you're active on the socials. Please also drop a rating and review on your podcast app as it goes a long way in helping the movement gain traction. Now, don't let this inspiration go to waste. Commit to conquer. Lead your life. Leave a legacy. Gather your grit and go get after it.